Hi, my name is Pastor Emmanuel Sekuma. Welcome to Church of Living Water Podcast. I know this message is going to be a blessing to you, but do me a favor. Please share so others can be blessed as well. God bless you. It could be family condition. Whatever it is, you believe the time will come that this condition is going to change. Mm. In the beginning of the year, we all have New Year resolution. And we declare, this year is my year. This year, this situation is going to change. This situation is going to be better. My marriage will be better. My finances will be better. I am not going to leave from pay to check. Things will be better and this condition will change. This year is my year for ministry. This is my season of my healing. This is my season of restoration. This is my season of breakthrough. It's good. And we say these things. But then what happens when the situation keeps prolonging? Then all of a sudden, at first we believe, now the condition is prolonging, this begins to shatter our dreams. It begins to shut down our hopes and everything. And we say, okay, maybe this is it. This is how the condition is going to be. And then you begin to look at your life and the reason why you begin to make that conclusion is because it's not like you're not doing something about the situation. You've been seeking the help. You've been going to the doctors. If it's about health condition, if it's about marriage condition, you've been seeing the counselors. If it's about job condition, you've been searching. You're doing your best, but still, the situation is still the same. What do you do? Thank God you asked the question. And that's what God brought me this message to tell you. Hey, Jesus is my help. The Bible says, here is a situation that we just read. That there is a pool in Aramaic is called the pool of Bethsaida. And the Bible says that around this pool, you got people who are dealing with some kind of condition. And all of them have, you know, congregated around the pool. Because this is the place where they are hoping that their condition will change. So now you've got the lame, you've got the blind, you've got the paralyzed, and all of them are all in the same boat. And it's like, hey, God is for us all. But at the end of the day, we need to take your chance when you can. So everybody waits for a moment. And what is that moment? The Bible says once a year, that particular pool and the water is stirred up. And when it stares up, everybody begins to say the blind uh, and the lame and the paralyzed say, hey, um, this is my moment that I'm going to get my condition changed. Because as long as I can get into the pool, I'll have my healing. <clears throat> the Bible says this particular man was dead and he was paralyzed. Every year believing his situation would change. Every year the water is stirred. He said, this is my moment. He tried, but to no avail. Second year, third year, fourth year. Now the Bible said, now this man now has been in the condition now for 38 years. Bible said one day Jesus came by. As Jesus looked at him, and he learned and he began to talk to people. And the people said to him, this man has been in this condition for 38 years. 
This morning, I don't know what condition that you are in, but I came to tell you Jesus is coming by. I don't know what you are dealing with, but I sense in my spirit, this is a season. Jesus is going to come by. It's a season Jesus is going to visit your situation. And the Bible said Jesus comes by. He begins to inquire about the situation. And the people said that, you see this man, he has been in this condition for 38 years. Isn't it how funny that people get to know your condition, but they can't do much about it. Everybody knew his condition. Jesus, you see this man, he's been here for 38 years. And the Bible said Jesus looked at him after learning that the man has been there for 38 years. He said, do you want to get well? <laughs> I like, I don't know if it's Aussie phrase or English phrase. There's an expression called der. Have you heard of that word? Der. Jesus, you're asking him, does he want to get well? What do you mean? Duh, like as in, you know, you are mocking me an insult or a joke in an action. Are you being sarcastic? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? You are looking at a paralyzed man here. And now you are saying, hey, do you want to get well? Do I want to get well? What do you mean? What does it look to you? Of course I want to get well. But I want to walk you through about, you know, three seasons and moments we go through when we come to these sort of moments. And when your condition has prolonged and over time you try and try your best and nothing is changing. When a time comes for that situation to be changed by Jesus, we go through certain moments. And I'm going to run through that with you. And I'm going to just help you through the moments and how to navigate. And at the end, I trust that you'll be able to get the help Jesus is bringing you this morning. Jesus asked a very simple question. Do you want to get well? That is a question that requires a yes and no answer. But listen to what the man does. Jesus, ask him, do you want to get well? He's begun to explain to Jesus why he's there. So the first moment we go through, when our condition has prolonged is that, we tend to go through the first thing I call, don't judge me moment. Don't judge me moment. We become very defensive. We become very cynical. We become judgmental in the moment because we've been so, so long. And when somebody approaches you and says, for example, you've been looking for a job for so long. You've been trusting God for the fruit of the womb for so long. You've been trusting God for something and it's so long. And the people know about it. And now they come and ask you, do you want to get a job? You feel like, hey, you know I want a job. Why are you asking me that? Do you want the baby? Do you want to travel? Whatever it is. All of a sudden now this man come to a moment. Don't judge me moment. It requires yes or no. He becomes defensive and he begins to explain to Jesus. He began to let Jesus know the reason why he is in that condition. 
And it's like looking at Jesus. Jesus, what are you talking about? It's not like I'm not doing something about this situation. In other words, don't judge me. Before you judge me, before you think, I know you've heard that I've been here for 38 years. I know people have been telling you I've been paralyzed and I'm sitting here for 38 years. But before you judge me, let me explain. Don't we all go through that moment? Somebody can ask you a simple question. And then it can escalate. Hey, I just ask you, do you want to get well? Do you want to get married? Do you want a job? Do you, why? Hey, don't judge me because I know what you are thinking. Why am I here for 38 years? Why am I all this while I don't have a job? Why all this while I don't, I'm not having what I want? What, why all this while we begin to get into that mode? But the question was simple. Do you want to get well? Of course. I want to get well. The next moment we go through is after we go through don't judge me moment. We go through I can explain moment. Jesus, don't judge me. Before you judge me, let me explain. And we begin to explain our situations to people. And the first thing is that he says, Jesus, I have no help. Jesus didn't ask him any question. He says, do you want to get well? And straight away he said that, I have no one to help me. I didn't talk about whether you had help or not. I said, do you want to get well? I have no one to help me with their employment. I have no one to offer that thing to me. I have no one to help me. Everything is all about, I have no one to help me. I have no one to be in relationship with. Do you want to get married? What are you talking about? Of course I want to, but I have no one. I have no one to give me that money. I have no one to help me. I have no one. So before you judge me, let me explain. I am here because I have no one. Number two, you move to another thing that you explain. I try my best. Before you judge me, I want you to know I have not been here for 38 years being lazy. But every time the water is turned, I know I am paralyzed, but I am making an effort. I am trying. Before you judge me and wonder, you work so hard. Where is the money? You've done everything. Before you judge me, I can explain. Hey, I try my best. I work two jobs. I work three jobs. I try my best. When I get in the relationship, I try to do my part. I try my best. Don't judge me. Have you all been in that situation? Do you want to get a child? Hey, don't judge me. My husband and I have been trying. We've tried. We're trying our best. Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want a child? Jesus, we try. You don't understand. Then we try to explain. What is, then we come to the moment. But Jesus, it seems like my best effort is not enough. I've tried and tried, but now it seems like it's not enough. Now I'm in this position for 38 years. Don't judge me. I've tried. Then we move to the next thing that we begin to explain. So we begin to explain the fact that we don't have help. The second thing we begin to explain, the fact that, hey, we've tried our best. I'm tired and we have, that's why I want to give up and sit here. And the third thing is that, you know what, Jesus the most annoying thing is this. When I'm trying, 
when I think I am almost there, someone else goes ahead of me. Then we begin to explain someone else. When I put in my job application, then someone else gets the job. Jesus, it seems like every time I'm trying my best. Now, yes, you're asking me, do you want to get married? Yeah, of course, but then somebody else got married. Somebody else got the job. Someone else got the relationship. Someone else was promoted in this company. Do you want to judge? Don't judge me because I've tried, but every time I try, someone else. I tried, Jesus. We've gone through IVF. We've done everything, but then someone else is having a baby. Jesus, I've tried, but someone else always goes ahead of me. And this is the moment that we begin to say, you know what, life is not fair. Because we are all here, the blind and the lame. This person was only one here only last year. And all of a sudden he comes and he jumped into the pool and he's no more here. The person that I was, I was lying next to yesterday, he's not here. I heard he's got his healing. What happened? Why have I been here for 38 years? Maybe this is it. I've given up. In that moment, we come to the third moment. It's what I call missing Jesus. So right now, after he's explaining all these things, you know where his focus is? His focus is on the fact that he is not getting help. The fact that he thinks people may be judging him. And the fact that he thinks that somebody else. And now all of a sudden, he looked at Jesus and he calls him sir. He doesn't even know it is Jesus who is standing in front of him. He doesn't even know there is somebody who has come to come and help, offer him the help. He doesn't know it's the king of kings and the lord of lords. The one who can change the situation. The one who can transform. The one who can answer. The one who's got everything is standing in front of him. And that is what we do sometimes when we are complaining and explaining and trying and all that. We miss Jesus. And in the moment of worship, we are just, our mind is somewhere else. In the moment of praise, in the moment Jesus is there and he says, hey, I am here, he says, sir. He missing Jesus. And the beautiful thing about that moment when we miss it is this. The man said, Jesus, I have no one else to help me. So what he's saying is that before I can get my healing, I, have to, I need to depend on somebody. And even if I get a help from somebody, that person also needs to help me to the pool. So I want you to follow me carefully. He's wanting a helper. But at the end of the day, that helper is not able to help him. He's only able to help him to where he can get the help from. So if you get somebody, the person still needs to take him to the pool. So the helper and the help are separated. But here comes a situation where you have the helper and the help at the one place. It is only in Jesus that we get the two in one. In other words, Jesus is there not just a helper, but the help that you need is him. So in the other's condition, here is a pool. And there is a person needs to help me to get to the pool. I want you to follow me carefully. Here comes Jesus, who is the full package. The helper in him is the help you are looking for. Is standing in front of him. So I want you to know this morning, Jesus is not just a helper, but he's the help. Jesus is not just a provider, but he's the provision. 
Jesus is not the healer, but he is the healing. Jesus is not just a protector, but he's the protection. Whenever he comes, whatever you need is in him. That is why when you ask him, what is your name? He said, I am that I am. If you need healing, I am. If you need breakthrough, I am. Whatever help you need, I am. So whatever you need, when I arrive, it is in me. So what Jesus is saying, listen. Thank you for telling me your story. But in me, you don't need the pool. In me, you don't need someone else to help you. But I am the healer and the healing. I am the provider and the provision. So when you see the provider, the provision is in him. And this man is now talking about, I don't have help and all that. Saints, do you know that Jesus is all you need? He's your helper. I came to tell you that you are not serving a Jesus who is the healer. He is the healing. He is not serving a Jesus who is the provider. He is the provision as well. So now a man is standing in front of him and is talking to him about a help and a pool. And Jesus says, I don't need to worry about that. Why? Because in me, you get the two in one. <laughs> he is not just a savior, but he's also a salvation. That's why the Bible says he has become our salvation. This morning I pray that no matter what situation that you are facing, I want you to know that the man was chasing after a helper. He was chasing after a help. But now the help and the helper is chasing after him. What? That's beautiful thing about Jesus. All this while he's been chasing after a help. And now he's been chasing after a helper. But now the helper and the help chases after him and it comes to him. Now, if you recognize, okay, this is Jesus. What do you do in that moment? What was the man supposed to do in that moment? What are we meant to do? The first thing you have to understand is now. Let me focus on the now. And to be able to focus on the now, the first thing I want to help you with is that you have to forget the past. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. To be able to get the help in the now moment, you have to forget the past because right now, Jesus is here. And Jesus is not about what was yesterday, not this and that didn't help. But right now, let's happen. Right now, I'm here right now. What do you want? Do you want to get help? Do you want to get the healing? And the man is talking about yesterday, I couldn't get help. And somebody, Jesus said, now, what do you do in that moment? Number one, forget the past. Isaiah said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Watch this. See, see. What is that? See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and stream in the wasteland. What Jesus is looking at him and saying, man, I understand what you're going through. I know it's painful to be here 38 years. But you know what? You can't change the past, but you can modify the future. But right now, I am here. What do you want? Do you want the healing? Forget about what happened yesterday. Forget about the help you couldn't get yesterday. Forget about the disappointments you couldn't get. I mean, you find yourself in. But right now, let's deal with the now. And if you're going to deal with the now, you got to learn to forget the past. Maybe some of you, you are dealing with some past condition you cannot let go. 
And now Jesus is sitting here and is waiting and is standing in front of you. And if you're going to be able to get the help that he wants to offer you this morning, I want you to forget the past. Forget the past help you didn't get. Forget the past person who abused you. Forget the person who disappointed you, betrayed you, lied on you. This is your now moment. It is your now moment. It is now moment with Jesus. And whatever you are needing, he is right here. Future is brighter. Greater things are ahead. Look forward because we are dealing with the now. Number two, when you come to the moment of the now with Jesus, number two, I want you to lift up your eyes unto him. The man, eyes were Jesus. I, I, I couldn't get help from anybody here. Jesus, the pool, my eyes, I want to get to the pool. Jesus, nobody, so his eyes are everywhere except for Jesus. Lift up your eyes and look unto Jesus. Let's go to Psalm, Psalm 121, 1 to 2. The Bible says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Maybe you are asking, Pastor, where does my help come from? I've been in this condition for too long. But right now, Jesus is here. He says, hey, I understand that people couldn't help you in the past. I understand you couldn't get to the pool in the past. I understand that in the past you are disappointed. But now that I am here, forget the past. And I want you to lift up your eyes to the hills. That is where your help is going to come from. If you're going to depend on man again, then you're going to remain here for another one year. If you're going to go ahead and focus on the pool, then I'm telling you, it's going to be your 39th year. You've been here for 38 years. You've been doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Now, this time, let's do it differently. Instead of focusing on the pool, instead of focusing on the help, what about me? Lift up your eyes and focus your attention on me because whatever you need, I am. Maybe you have been focusing on people and they keep disappointing you and you trust them people to help you and you trust them family members and it keeps hurting you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time I came to tell you Jesus is your helper. You've been looking on to people. You've been looking on to friends. Hey, Jesus says, lift up your eyes right now. Where does your help come from? Your help doesn't come from the helper. Your help doesn't come from the pool. My help comes from the Lord. Jesus, who is he? The maker of heaven and earth in the name of Jesus. Do you know Jesus can help you? Do you know he can? He can. Number three, when you come to that now moment, don't be afraid. The reason why most of the time we miss the help Jesus is giving to us, we get afraid. Why are we afraid? We are afraid that we may miss it again. We, may, we are afraid that we're going to be disappointed again. Because for 38 years, can you imagine? He's scared. Am I going to be here for another one year? Is it gonna, am I going to be here for 39 years? So Isaiah 41 verse 10. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, 
don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I'm going to help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. Wow. Don't be afraid because you missed it in the past. Don't be afraid because somebody disappointed you. Jesus is not like any other person. He won't disappoint you. So he's saying, do not be afraid. Why? I am with you. Yeah, I know you are paralyzed. I know you've been here for 30 years, but right now, I am with you. Don't be discouraged by the fact that you have been here for 38 years. I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to help you. Jesus, my helper. Psalm 54 verse 4. Psalm 54 verse 4 says, Behold, God is my helper. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. Remember Jesus was about to leave. The disciples were scared. He says, I'm going to send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16. John 14, 16. And I will pray and the Father, he will give you another helper. He may be, abide with you forever. Number four. Remember you have a limitless helper. You remember you have a limitless helper. The man was looking for help from a limited man. The man was looking for a help from a limited condition. The man was looking for help from a limited pool. What does that mean? The man that he was looking forward to help was limited. The pool can only be stirred once a year. But I want you to know Jesus, he is limitless helper. Let's go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings 6, 25 to 27. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted for so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of capes of seed poured for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, God bless you. If the Lord does not help you, where can I help? If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the dressing floor, from the wine press. If the Lord doesn't help you, excuse me. If the Lord doesn't help you, where can I get the help from? This is a situation the Bible said there was famine in the place called Samaria. The famine was so bad that people began to even eat their own kids. That's how bad it was. Things were so expensive and it got so bad, somebody would say, okay, please, today I'm going to kill my child. And then we're going to use my child for dinner and tomorrow it's going to be yours. That's how bad it was. And this woman looked at the king because somebody cheated her. Had to use her own child up. And then the other person doesn't want to give a child up. And then the woman saw the king and ran to the king and said, King, please 
help me. And the king looked at the woman and said, woman, the situation that we are dealing with, I know I am a king. You've cried to me for help. But if the Lord doesn't help you, where am I going to get help for you? What am I saying? The woman knew a king could help her out. She trusted in the king because the king had the resources, had the ability. But sometimes the king cannot help you. But I've got good news for you. He is a king, but there is a king of kings. <laughs> Doctor, please help me. And the doctor looked at your situation. If the Lord doesn't help you, I can't. But when the doctor says that, no, he's a doctor. But there is a doctor of doctors. <laughs> the banker may look at your situation. The lawyer may look at the situation. The government may look at the situation. If the Lord does not help you, what do you do in that moment? A king is telling you that. The doctors, the specialist is just telling you that. The lawyer just said that to you. What do you do? You think that is the end. But I came to give you good news. There is a king. There is the king of kings. There is a doctor, but there is a doctor of doctors. There is a lawyer, but there is a lawyer of lawyers. There is a government, but there is a one, the governor of governments, whom the government is on his shoulder. He carries his government with him. Wherever he goes, the Bible says, and there's going to be a son going to be born unto you, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Do you know what it means? Wherever he goes, he carries his authority. Wherever he goes, he carries his power. Wherever he goes, he carries his healing. And now he's standing in front of you and he's asking you, do you want to get well? Do you want to start that business? Do you want to start the ministry? Do you want a child? Whatever you want, he's asking you. This is not the time to explain. This is not the time to focus on the past. This is the time to focus on the now. As I wrap up this morning, many of us are dealing with a condition. Everybody, when you are dealing with a condition, you start with expectation. I hope and expect this condition is going to change. I'm not going to be here for so long. My time will come one year, two years, three years, 38 years. What do you do now? It's nothing happening. We move to the second stage. Disappointment kicks in. Let's stand up for a second. Let's stand up as a rapper. Here now, expectation is not met. Do you know what disappointment is? Disappointment simply is when expectation is not met. You get disappointed. I expected to get a healing. Now it's not. You get disappointed. That's what happens. So now, when disappointment kicks in, do you know what we do? We give up. I expected it to change. I expected, and the expectation that I'm not talking about is not just once, but over years you've been expecting. 
Imagine, just talk to a woman who's expecting to have a child. Year and year and year. Talk to somebody who's been diagnosed with cancer and trying to change them. Expecting. Tell somebody who's stressed out. They don't like the situation they're in. They don't like it. Because the only time they can turn to that alcohol is so that it can, it can hopefully try to, you know, help them to overcome their fears and insecurities and what the things they are dealing with that nobody sees and they are expecting this change. And then they get disappointed and then they go back to the situation again. And when that happens, we come to the last moment and this is where the man was found by Jesus. We give up. Expectation. Now we are disappointed. You know what? I'm not going to try again. But I've got good news for you. Jesus says, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your purpose. Because you have tried and tried. Don't give up. How long has it been? The man says, 38 years. Jesus says, I'm so glad. Let me just tell you. Number three means 30. 30 means three decades of disappointment. Number eight means a new beginning. So 38 means three decades of disappointment, but with Jesus now, it's a new beginning. 